race, gender, sex. What's your identity? Is religion or faith part of your identity? Can you bring it into the workplace? Can your boss take care of the legal issues? Do they have an inclusion strategy? Are they literate in what religion means to you? Maybe they should give this podcast a listen. This is a Religion at Work podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Eric Servione, Deputy Director of Tri-Faith Initiative. Welcome to the Religion at Work podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, Dr. Raymond Chu. He is the Assistant Professor of Business at Redeemer University. Welcome to the podcast. Great to be with you. Of course, of course. And Dr. Chu, if you can just go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you and the work that you do. We'd be happy to do that. As most religious researchers do, they try to present their background religiously as well, uh, because that is important. I was born into a Christian family from immigrant parents from Hong Kong. My faith goes back to my great-grandparents, actually, who were influenced by missionaries to China. And I've always been interested in people and learning and understanding people and where they come from. And so that uh, brought me to eventually do my PhD in human resources and management from McMaster University in Canada with a focus on uh, faith at work or religion at work. Um, Before that, uh, briefly, I'll mention that I started out in an early career in in engineering, civil engineering, Mm -hmm. then went into developing social enterprises, doing economic development, and then marketing in the nonprofit sector. So I've always had a very uh, civic and applied perspective on my work. wanting to you know, apply and develop skills to building a, a better civil society. And so when I came to doing my PhD, I thought it was a really exciting opportunity to bring that civic focus together with my theological background. I've also studied theology. And it's not very typical to bring religion and management together, uh, but I really wanted to do that. And so my fo- focus in my dissertation was to understand religion at work from the perspective of different faiths. And so that's why I'm really happy to have this conversation with you. So what you're telling me is that you got your PhD and you focus on faith at work just so you can do this podcast because it lines up so well. <laughs> Absolutely. Actually, it's it's uh, wonderful to meet people of uh, you know, common mindset, because it really we do face many challenges in the world with regard to people right. of different backgrounds and beliefs. And uh, so I think we have some important questions and challenges to tackle. So glad to be so, with so, you. So let's dig in a, a little bit. Actually, let's start at the top, actually. So what got you interested in the first place? What inspired you to look at religion in the workplace? Well, interestingly, when I was working in the nonprofit sector, working in the community. Even from my childhood, I I was looking around at the world, as I hope most of us are doing. And, you know, if you take an honest look at it, you see, and I did see, that the development of cultures, the conflicts around the world, were happening by large part due to fundamental differences in how people see the world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so this was something I thought was important to address. The title of my dissertation is beliefs that matter. And, you know, I also thought there was no reason to believe that this would 
be any different or any less true in the workplace, that when you have a whole bunch of people coming to the workplace, they're going to come with different beliefs, different views of the world. And until that time, later in my career, when I was studying theology and also studying comparative religion and cross-cultural communication, I was getting unsatisfied with how people were approaching the topic of religious diversity. I mean, for mm -hmm. the most part, if you learn about different religions, you're reading a textbook on comparative religion, right? Right. Religion right. A believes this, has these practices, religion B, et cetera. You're et cetera. taking me back to my undergrad years, exactly. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, religious studies, sort of all these idiosyncrasies and details, and you're kind of wondering, well, does this really matter? Um, now, sociologists have tried to do this going back to Max Weber and his famous theories around the sociology of religion and the Protestant ethic. But psychologists, especially those that focus on the workplace, have done a lot less in terms of understanding what does religious diversity actually mean in the workplace outside of just sort of fairly academic discussions about differences between doctrine or ritual. And so that's what I wanted to really focus on. So I would imagine that you have to have some sort of level setting process when you discuss uh, faith you know, to any audience. So what, what, what would you say, what are some fundamental things that you would say about faith or faith in the workplace? How do you start your conversations on this topic? Yeah, that's a really good question because you know, obviously I was not satisfied with the sort of silo approach to religion, religion, right, beliefs, right. et cetera. And so I, I would say that, uh, first of all, one approach to think about is to get beyond what I would call sort of the mental block that we have when we think about religion. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. you know, for a lot of people, both religious and non, you know, religion is associated with institutions, like monolithic movements that one either espouses, uh, you know, fervently or contends with or opposes in one way or another. Mm -hmm. um, and as a result of that, we often see religion as being foreign to the workplace, something that's being imposed on the workplace. And then we True. talk about, th about things like religious accommodation, which is almost like saying that if you're religious and come to the workplace, you have some sort of illness or disability that has to be accommodated. An extra um, special thing that needs to happen for you to be this uh, identity. Exactly. It's, it's something that's preferable and something we'd kind of rather not deal with, but let, let's accommodate it anyway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when in reality, you know, all, all one has to do is look at the reality of faith. People in reality may endorse certain things from their traditional religion. They may say, okay, I believe in this. But what they actually truly believe and apply in practice may be completely different than what the catechism or the statement of faith says. Uh, and we know, you know, looking at the world, we're very much influenced by culture. Culture is influenced by religion, especially religious, uh, sort of in Western society. There's such a mm -hmm. proliferation of religious and spiritual groups, including groups within denominations. And so I think it's much better to think of religion as just a reflection of diversity, in particular thought diversity. And so yeah, I, I see religion or, you know, what you are doing at TriFaith as a really clear and compelling window into how we are different fundamentally as human beings. Differences in the way that we think 
about important things. And, and I love the way you put that of how religion is just a reflection of diversity, because that is so true. And I think that when it comes to diversity, workplaces need to think of religion as as another identity that we must welcome into the workplace and our our employees. So I know that one of the core things that we talk about in like tri-faith religious other inclusion workshops is how religion impacts how people are make meaning in their lives, how how they make meaning in their lives. And you've looked at this in a more structured way, what this means using the idea of, you mentioned this earlier of the mental modules. How do they apply to this question? Sure. Maybe to address this question, I'll just talk about an everyday example and see if it relates to you and your audience. Please do. Uh, Yeah, this idea actually comes from cognitive science, in particular, the cognitive science of religion. And uh, it's premised on the idea that in life, we encounter problems. And the way we think, in large part, is affected by how we deal with these problems. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so... A mental module is just a certain way of dealing with a problem. So let's just take an example. You want to get a colleague of yours to do something for you. Okay, very simple problem. We do this every day. Every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the reality is, from the point of view of cognitive science, you will see this problem as distinctly different from other problems. Let's say another problem might be, you know, addressing a subordinate who's underperforming in her job or his job. Okay. Now, when you encounter a problem like you know, getting someone to do something for you, the fact is that there's going to be a bunch of beliefs and behaviors that will automatically kick in. Now, most of them will be subconscious, right? But the way that you approach the person will depend on your beliefs about, uh, I don't know, what kind of authority you have, uh, how much you can expect from the other person, how much you have to show respect for the other person how your request relates to your long-term relationship with them, you know, what's the best way to, you know, it kind of goes on and on, right? But you don't actually consciously think about a lot of these things. It just happens in a split second and you do it. Uh, But the thing is, when it comes to our faith and our religious beliefs, we approach problems at the workplace in very similar ways. We bring a, a bunch of beliefs, religious and non, to addressing problems. And the thing is that, Many of our religious and spiritual beliefs are there to address the most challenging problems, the most important problems, Mm -hmm. right? And I mean, that's obviously what religion has been there for, for much of history. But it's no different for the workplace, that when we encounter important problems, yeah. I I feel like a lot of the time employees do this or supervisors, directors, managers, CEOs, they bring this experience very subconsciously. They don't even think about that they're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And then you wonder how you get toxic workplaces, how you get conflicts or people get surprised by what people say and do is, and it's partly because we do a lot of things automatically. And and part of what I was Mm -hmm. really interested in was not asking, okay, what are your beliefs based on what your church or mosque or synagogue believes? But when you encountered this significant experience, and this is actually my methodology, I asked about these situations. They described them in minute detail for quite a long period of time. Then I asked them, 
what beliefs did you apply to them? And only then the third question was, which one of those beliefs, values, attitudes were religious and spiritual in nature? And then so a whole bunch of sort of very, very vivid connections came out because they were just so embedded in those experiences that were, you know, in, in some cases very um, transformational or even traumatic for them. And there's, there's basically, I found that there were four different types of situations to which we apply four different types of mental modules. And uh, uh, before we get to those mental modules, I would hazard a guess that many times the, the people you are asking these questions to did not realize that that connection existed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And they would, uh, even people that I interviewed who were trained in you know, clinical counseling would come back mm-hmm. to me afterwards and say, I can't believe what you just brought me through because you you reminded me of those these experiences that meant so much to me. And now I have a totally different perspective on my own faith. And so, yes. It, it, it's, it's amazing very, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it's it was amazing that, that what we don't, we don't know. Oh, we, 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 we don't know what we do know sometimes. Absolutely. And, and it's not surprising in a way because uh, many people have grown up for a long time, being highly influenced by, by their culture and their faith. And so it's not surprising that these things mm-hmm. are there. It's just that we don't spend a lot of time together talking about how important mm-hmm. they are to our work. So, so let, let, let's continue down this path. In your work, you discovered, so there, there's these four mental modules, uh, uh, identity, humanity, calling, and service. Um, can, can you really quickly give us a synopsis definition on each of these four? Sure, sure. Very quickly. The first module, identity, has to do with situations of inhospitality, where the situation is inhospitable, right? So, mm-hmm. for example, when people devalue us or somehow expose something vulnerable about our own identity. It could be mm-hmm. sexual, it could be religious, whatever, right? And so we kind of really think about who are we, mm-hmm. right? Um, humanity has to do with situations of discord. We're not getting along with people, right? So people are uncooperative. Maybe you find a clash of values, mm-hmm. um, causes sort of bad feelings. The third area, calling, is in situations of in- incongruence. Somehow I don't fit with my job uh, or my role. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it could be due to some negative experiences. And then service has to do with situations of ir- irresolution. You're trying to make a decision about something that's external to yourself, right? A policy, how to deal with customers, clients who you know are in bad straits, right? But the main thing beyond kind of memorizing all these terms, the main thing to realize about these four modules is that there's differences in terms of whether you're thinking about yourself or yourself in relation to someone else. And there's differences mm-hmm. between whether or not you are kind of thinking about something that is sort of mainly you deal with internally, or it's something that's completely external to yourself. So in terms of the relationships or whether the issue is internal to yourself, or external to yourself, that actually affects very much Going back to mental modules, it affects mm-hmm. very much all the beliefs and behaviors that kick in. Right, right. And so we have these four mental modules, identity, humanity, calling, and service. You've explained them to us. Can you tell our audience, how does it help us understand our experience of religion at work? Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
uh, what, one thing I'd love to do is, you know, go through each and every belief that apply to each area. But of course, that would take a long time. But I think the, the interesting thing was that, you know, once you get into these situations, right? So let's, let's take the example of, of, of a job that doesn't fit, right? There are very, very specific beliefs that will come from your background, that will come from your religion or spirituality, that will apply directly to that problem. Um, that are kind of much more vivid, much more specific than just kind of a very generalized idea that, you know, Mohammed is a prophet, Jesus, you know, was born of the Virgin Mary, whatever it was, right, that you had learned in Sunday mm -hmm. school. Um, and so some of the general categories that I'll maybe just highlight and maybe you know, if some of them resonate with you, you can ask further. Like, for example, for, sure. for the identity area, and, you know, a lot of the beliefs had to do with fortifying your identity, like strengthening a sense of who you are or reframing your perspective. Like, for example, looking at your situation in a more positive way or maybe even falling back on your observances, the fact that you're wearing a hijab or the fact that you don't work on, on the Sabbath as a way to fortify your identity. Mm -hmm. For, you know, the humanity, uh, humanity module, a lot of people kind of went back to affirming the goodness of other people, right? Sometimes you have to just come back and say, you know what, I, I need to treat these people better. And this is the reason why. Another reason is mm -hmm. kind of seeing people as part of the same human family, you know, that we're all created by God or right, in the image right. of God, for example. Other responses had to do with, you know, forging a better character, like following the divine example of, you know, Buddha or or Christ, or just reminding yourself of the values of, of generosity, forgiveness, reconciliation, things like that. So that kind of factors into humanity. But in, in the calling area, again, the beliefs are different, right? Uh, more about guidance, right? Affirming that there is a creator or a supreme being out there who kind of has this plan for each person that they're guiding you. But if you're from an Eastern perspective, uh, it's more contemplative. It's more sort of looking at your cosmological perspective. You know, the idea that there's a deeper reason for the suffering that's happening. This is perhaps a Buddhist perspective. Um, that mindfulness and understanding your situation are important. That practice and enlightenment are things that need to be achieved, right? So depending on your faith, uh, you're going to approach it differently. Sometimes in situations where you're focused on calling, you're reminding yourself of you know, the virtues that you need, need to be following that will affect, say, mm -hmm. what kind of job you'll go into in the future. People from an Eastern perspective might look instead of at a cycle of causality and karma, in other words. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And then let me just uh, highlight the last part, which is service. You know, when you're trying to de decide on a particular managerial issue, then you're focused on beliefs having to do with the value of people, right? Think about clients, think about customers. And they're not treating you well. Right. You have to remind yourself, okay, these are people too. You may have to make a decision that affects the community. So, you know, ideas about giving back to the community, serving the community. Um, but also there's a sense of accountability, right? Accountability to whoever your supreme being is that who may or may not know and see everything. The Eastern perspective would say, well, you know, we're all connected to each other. Again, you know, that cycle of causality. Uh, and so there's a lot of these ideas out there. Some of them may sound kind of common across faiths. And mm -hmm. Even if they're not from your faith, 
they may be something that you actually believe in, right? So it's I found and, it, and, and I yeah. already see, and I already see where it can help thinking of this these four mental modules and how they help me understand my own experience of faith better. I can already see that I can use that to maybe explain differences between faiths or find commonalities. Um, I know in the workplace, that will be a great way to think about what the differences and similarities are between myself and somebody that I'm working with. What would you say to, if you were in a, a room full of managers and directors, is how further can you use th this framework to invite, to have religion uh, at work? Yeah, that's very relevant. And I think you've hit on something that uh, is very true coming out of the research. And, and that is when I talk about these ideas and beliefs, they're really at a very applied level, right? I wasn't mm -hmm. using a lot of religious or doctrinal language, religious terminology. I was just saying things that most people that can identify with. And I think that's where the commonality and difference both can be addressed. Um, so commonality from the point of view that you know, a lot of us do, first of all, have these common experiences. But secondly, that because we have these common experiences, we will often have common or at least similar beliefs in these areas, even though they have a different source. And even if we have different beliefs, they're addressing the same problems. And so we can still identify with each other in that way. It, that's a very powerful tool to remember of how we all bring our different experience and and perspective on things and can, in my opinion, we can build upon each other's answer and, and come to more optimal solutions and and workarounds in, in the workplace and such. So we've talked about this module framework, uh, which I'm really digging in how religion kind of impacts how people engage mentally in the workplace and how we, this can be seen as a way to foster a coherence and unity in the workplace. Could you tell us a bit more? Let's zoom out a bit. With this framework, what's the benefit to society in general? If we can just think about each other, our fellow humans in this way. Yeah, important question, especially for today. So zooming out, uh, let's look at the reality of religious difference or difference in general. The root of much of the problem that we have in society, or at least the, the conflicts, has to do with seeing each other in different groups, right? So it's well studied, the problems with in-groups and out-groups, the ways that people divide uh, the world. Uh, so this is the, the human condition seems to be to categorize each other as this or that. Yeah, and so whether it's discrimination, racism, nationalism, xenophobia, they're, they're all kind of based on this idea that we need to categorize. And this has evolutionary roots. People do need to categorize and simplify in order to make sense of the world. Right. But, you know, part of our challenge as, as scholars, as people who are practicing and trying to advance ideas is to help each other to understand that these kinds of categories aren't good enough. And so mm -hmm. um, we need to also look at what makes us the same and also realize that a lot of these categories are artificial and don't need to divide ourselves. And so I, I think looking at our common experience is a really good way to have a different starting point. Unfortunately, in the workplace, we look around and say, oh, that person is of this faith or that sexual orientation or whatever it is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, instead, we need to take opportunities like we have today to start from a starting point that says, okay, what's common about ourselves? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And 
that has to do with things like, okay, let's identify the common problems we have. Let's talk about how each one of us have dealt with it and talk about it in a non-judgmental, non-threatening way. And I think hopefully from that perspective, we can learn to have some level of empathy for each other of the fact that we're really all trying to survive and thrive in the situations that we face in work. I I think that that's universally true. And that's the way that we really bring our faith to our work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It seems like not to turn a phrase, but there needs to be a, a, a leap of faith between people. There needs to be a trust that it, that exists between people before they can start maybe even wanting to engage in that discussion, right? In that dialogue. Um, so especially, especially in the world uh, of alternative facts and this or that and, and just the society we live in today, we want to maintain, we want to live in a place where people can have their truth, can have their truth in their faith and in their religion. And can you tell, can you, you talk about how you, how do you see truth in this conversation? Yeah, absolutely. It's very significant for today. I mean, ultimately people adopt the faith because they want to know the truth, right? They, they want to live by the truth in a way that's right and good for them. Uh, But the unfortunate thing is, just connected to what we were just talking about, is that people come into the world or come into civic discourse trying to impose each other's truth on other people, right? Right. Uh, And it's no different than, no different in the workplace where you're seeing someone of a different faith and you're thinking, okay, are they going to impose something on me? Are they gonna try to do work or through their observances, are they trying to impose their version of reality on me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So truth is very re- relevant because it becomes sort of a, as you mentioned, a point of distrust. But I, I, I would suggest a different perspective, again, based on this idea that we share a lot in common, that, you know, in reality, our faith is, is about how each of us are trying to find out what is true for ourselves. We're, we're on a quest for the truth of really how to survive and thrive in our workplace. And most importantly, I mean, when it comes to the real issue of truth and we're, we're seeing a crisis of truth, uh, you know, business has been known for rhetoric and mm-hmm. untruthful claims, mm-hmm. but we see this in society, you know, propaganda and untruthfulness and politics. Uh, I, I think faith needs to help us become more honest people. Right. Be more honest about ourselves, right? Be more sincere, mm-hmm, reflective, mm-hmm. measured, just, courageous, you know, about what's actually going on in in ourselves as we struggle with uh, really difficult work problems. I mean, just think about coronavirus now and the struggles that companies have to deal with, you know, vaccination policies and how right. they should treat people, uh, employees, customers, like these are really, really difficult issues. And as opposed to sort of people imposing their beliefs and, you know, uh, political agendas on each other, maybe we should go back to our faith and these basic principles of respect and humanity and dignity and say, okay, you know, what does our faith tell us about these really difficult problems? I don't know. I think we have a, a lot of work to do. And it's unfortunate that we don't see faith as a way to help us in this problem. It's just, it's just as, as mentioned before, it's just a problem. It's an accommodation that we have to deal with. But I think it really can be there as a resource, an enriching thing for us. But um, I know 
that's something that uh, I think TriFaith has a, a great role in, in helping to advance. I think that bringing faith into a conversation, we, we all hold a, a shard of truth in solving an issue or thinking about a dilemma at the societal level, at the workplace level, and allowing a person to bring the faith aspect of their identity or their faith identity allows them to bring more truth into who they are and what they do in the workplace. And, and yeah. I think that's that's so important. And you've hit on something really important, Eric. And, you know, we talk about diversity in terms of, you know, of course, racial diversity, ethnic diversity. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you really think about religious diversity, you realize that we're really paying lip service to the idea of diversity. Because Mm -hmm. at the essence of diversity, when we say, you know, we're different in terms of, you know, race or gender or whatever, we are really saying that, or or we're we're really basing that idea of diversity on the idea that we are different human beings. And how how are we fundamentally different as human beings? It's it's not our skin color, that's just appearances, it's how we think. Mm -hmm. That is the fundamental difference in how we are different as human beings, unless you boil people down to just how they appear, which is, I think, objectifying and superficial, obviously. Um, If it truly is the fact that we are different by virtue of our thoughts, do we really value thought diversity in society today, like with cancel culture and political correctness and things like that? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not sure how far ahead we are, to be quite honest. And so... Um, that idea that we need to allow people to bring different thoughts to the table, especially in situations where there's peer pressure and there's a societal push and there's crisis and whatnot. I mean, this is where we really need religious diversity. I'm not talking about we need Muslims and Christians and Buddhists. We're saying we need to just value people for the way they are, no matter where they come from, Mm -hmm. and say, you know what, your thoughts really do matter. They really do. And I feel, Dr. Chu, I feel we've, we've made a, a strong argument for inviting the identity, the religious identity into the workplace. Uh, and we've talked about how, uh, how organizations can think about religion in the workplace. But what can we do? What advice can we offer to give space for this conversation to happen? Because uh, I feel like there are a lot of organizations, like you mentioned earlier, there's a lot of work to be done how can we give space to allow them to tread that path? Well, you know, we just we just need to start the conversation like, you know, you and your colleagues have, which is wonderful. Just imagine or just think about how much work has been done on things like racial diversity. I mean, just tremendous dialogue, narratives, storytelling, conferences, mm-hmm. so, you know, people getting together. We really simply have not done the same. For religious diversity it's just a fact and so sure. you know when it comes to being able to come together and share our experiences to relate to each other there's just a lot of learning and training involved right first of all you know how do we do it helping people to understand how do we come together and talk in a non-threatening non-judgmental way how do we ask the right questions right so we kind of talked about you know maybe we can get together and talk about our common experiences And then how do we talk about our own faith? Like some people don't even know how to articulate their own faith to a general audience. Like it's just Mm -hmm. not something that's taught, right? So 
there's a lot of sort of cultural catch up. I think that needs to happen. We've learned to do that, you know, in all sorts of issues, whether it comes to things like parenting or, you know, masculinity or mm-hmm. sexual identity mm-hmm. or whatever. But you know, this is something that I think workplaces can have a role in. It'll take time. It'll take training. But I, I think it can be done. But you know, you really hit on you know an important factor. There has to be that trust and you know the vulnerability and courage that goes along with that to be able to do this kind of thing. I think TriFaith is setting the example. But we need more people, you know, in the workplace, more leaders to really step up and say we need to look at religious diversity, but not just because we're making you know token uh, allusions to mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. diversity, but because you know, the vitality, the health, the strength of our communities really depends on it because, you know, we're all together in this world is becoming more diverse. You know, either we we survive or we don't uh, on the basis of that. Uh, I think that is a perfect way to end this segment with that argument. Dr. Chu, thank you so very much. I have Thoroughly enjoyed hearing your thoughts on this. And I'm looking forward to when our audience gets to hear this. And I hope they enjoy this conversation as well. Dr. Raymond Chu, Assistant Professor of Business at Redeemer University. Thank you so much for joining us. It was my pleasure. And I look forward to the future work that TriFaith has to do in this area. Ditto. Ditto. Thank you again. Bye for now.